0: Welcome, everyone, to another installment of the B.C. Counselor's Legal Brief, the legal podcast that provides easy-to-understand information about estate and business planning to help you, your family, and your business. And now, the jovial gents of jurisprudence, Mike Betts and Spencer Chaffin. Welcome back, everybody, to another installment of the B.C. Counselor's Legal Brief. I am here, joined by Evil Knievel. Mr. Michael Betts, hey, driving sp- down from Oklahoma on his motorcycle.
1: Yep, I did. I came down on the motorcycle last night.
0: Did you just feel free?
1: I did. The I wind felt-
0: blowing in your hair? Oh. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. I had, like the wind blowing across my sweaty scalp. No, I wore, I wore a helmet, though, Spencer. Smart man. Safety Good. first.
0: That's what we want all of our listeners to know is safety first. I got to say, it was
1: I felt like I was a cowboy just traveling across the open plains of Oklahoma and North Texas. It was, it was amazing.
0: Just free as a bird.
1: I was free as a bird. Yeah. I did initially regret it though. If, if I'm being <laughs> completely honest. Because this is a
0: two and a half hour trip.
1: It's a long trip, but my butt's made of steel. Like, so it, it, <laughs> so that, it was that, not that, soft. It wasn't so bad. It was just so hot. I don't know, uh, people listening to the podcast, at the time of recording, it's late July, early August. And so in Oklahoma, it's in the hundreds, Texas, uh, it's in the hundreds, and it likes to be the hundreds at like six o'clock, because I thought what would happen is, okay, I'm going to start packing up around six, I'll hit the road around 630, Let 645. Let the sun start going down. Yeah, and it'll start cool down. No, it didn't start cooling down until the sun actually went oh, yeah. down. About the time I was Crossing the majestic Arbuckle Mountains, there's a treacherous pass. I was on my bike, just me and my steel horse, and your thoughts, and my thoughts. And I came across a very just dangerous pass going through the the Arbuckle Mountains, and uh, just made it by the skin of my teeth, as they say in Oklahoma. But uh, about the time I was at the peaks of the Arbuckles, the sun was starting to go go down, and the Rocky cliffs were creating enough shade that it it felt wonderful. And then as soon as I went back down the deep valley that is Ardmore on the other side of the majestic (laughs) Arbuckles, it kind of heated up a little bit. So it was a good ride, though. Thank you for asking, though, Spencer.
0: Absolutely. I live vicariously through you. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm too big of a weenie to have a motorcycle.
1: Yeah, no, you're smart. Having a motorcycle (laughs) is, it's truly, Spencer, my midlife crisis. I'm at my midlife (laughs) And I had a crisis, and so I bought a motorcycle, but I own it. But you own it. I do.
0: And now it's not a crisis so much in your life. It's just a crisis of putting money into that bike.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, that. <laughs> and, and thank you for bringing that up for the viewers. I did spend too much money on this silly motorcycle. Harleys are super cool, and Indians are super cool, but I can't have the listeners think that I'm like a Harley guy. Like, I had to get the cheapest motorcycle that they make. It's called a Royal Enfield. It's dirt cheap. It's insanely cheap. But it's cool looking. Yeah. And I took a very cheap bike and did some things to it that you wouldn't do to a cheap bike, maybe. Like, if it was like a Harley, it's like a really yeah. like, nice, big, expensive yeah. bike. No, I took the cheap bike and then...
0: Put lipstick on it. Put lipstick on it. But, it, but
1: it's good. It, hey, it's slow and... As safe as a motorcycle can be. Yeah. So, yeah. So, thank you, Spencer, for asking about that. Yeah. So, I'm here, um, one piece, and I'm excited to talk about uh, commercial leases. Sounds like a
0: plan. Yeah. So, what do you want to talk about with commercial leases?
1: I want to undress the commercial lease. I think that'd be great
0: for our listeners. I want to, yeah. Strip it down. Strip it down.
1: Move slow. (laughs) Not too fast, Spencer. I want to take it slow, take our time, and want to be a gentleman about our discussion with the lease, with the lease,
0: because really what it comes down to is yeah. it is a marriage between a tenant and a landlord. See, that's the head.
1: I don't want to start at the head, Spencer. I want to start more in the, in the nitty. Don't look at me like that. I want to start in the nitty gritty, Spencer. For the other listeners, we were having a, a discussion about what we cut out and what we keep in the podcast. I'm getting very, 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 very close, the ragged edge.
0: Alex is about to have to do the beat, the censor. No, no, (laughs) this is the test to see
1: if this makes it into the podcast. But let's talk about the commercial lease. Let's talk about landlords. Let's talk about tenants. Let's talk about what a net lease is. You were working on one.
0: I am. I'm working on one, uh, reviewing it for a client, and for many commercial leases, the more common one you will see is what's called a triple net lease. And so many listeners may not know what that means. They just think, oh, I pay rent. We're good to go. <laughs> a triple net lease is way more into it than that. Of You do have base rent. But on top of that, you're going to end up paying CAM, which is common area maintenance. Because a lot of times with these commercial leases, you're in like a strip center, You're not the only one in the building. It's like, look at a supermarket. You know, You've got a supermarket, but on the side, you got like a retail store or a subway or something like that. So there's other things around it.
1: What are you dealing with on this case? So, so Like what what, what kind of property?
0: Because it's a strip center and our client is a specialty retail store for foreign goods.
1: So this would be just so listeners can envision what we're talking about. You're driving around and you see your, since I'm in Texas, you see like a Kroger or a Tom Thumb or a-
0: If you're lucky enough, an H-E-B. Do you have HEBs this far north yet? Yes, we do. Finally, you yes. guys do? And we're getting one really close to Fort Worth.
1: Okay. Okay. So you see these yep. strip malls with your targets. Yeah. Yep. These people, as you would expect, are signing commercial leases and they all, if you're a small business owner, they're all going to have very similar concepts. So Spencer talked about a little bit of the mechanics. So let's go through this example because this example is your prototypical example. So provisions that you mentioned is rent, right? So explain what that provision might look like. Is it straightforward as as like a chart of rent? It it really
0: kind of almost is a chart because most of the time you're not signing a one-year lease. No landlord really wants it. They want longevity. So what they'll do a lot of times is they'll have it, we'll say it's a five-year lease. Year one, which they break it out in the months, usually is you know the first twelve months. It's two thousand dollars a month. Months thirteen through twenty four are twenty two fifty, and so it kind of increases because obviously as time goes on, things are going to get more expensive. The market hopefully is going up, so that's what they're planning. So for. this
1: lease that you see, and we're gonna unpack a couple things. So we've got a term, yep. right? And what I'm going to say, that's like a base term, five years. Five years. And then over the course of the five years, you're going to see rent. And in your particular case, the rent slightly escalates each Each year. year. Is that what you're saying? Okay. Now it's not uncommon to see during the initial term, like one of the things that a tenant might try to negotiate is going to be keeping the rent fixed as long as you can keep it fixed. Obviously, landlords want to escalate. Yeah. I think today we're going to see a lot of escalation because we always talk about like the F word. I'm talking the I word, inflation. Inflation. Yeah, Yeah. Right. So what I see is during that initial term, I can see it either way. I think the trend is more escalation. But one thing I want to talk to you quickly about is this base term and landlords, like you said, they want long terms. Yeah. Tenants don't necessarily want short terms, but short terms give you flexibility. They do. But if I'm a tenant, I want flexibility. So theoretically, I want as many year individual terms as I possibly could have. So how could I do that, Spencer? If I have like a base term, let's say I am a tenant or a landlord and the landlord wants a big base term initially or a tenant wants a bunch of consecutive. Well, after that initial term goes on, How can they extend it?
0: Well, I'm glad you asked that because that's in this lease too, is is a renewal option. And I think of it from this way of, okay, you got your base term to kind of get your feet wet, figure out if this is going to be a good fit for both of y'all. If you're going to be a good tenant, great. That's what the landlord wants. If they're going to be a good landlord, okay, great. So you give each other an option to renew. And it's usually for the, the tenant to exercise, not the landlord. Landlord can't force you into going longer. But it's for this one, client wants a five-year extension. And it's built into that of, okay, we've finished our five years. We want another five. We liked it so much. It's good. We want to stay. We don't want to start over somewhere else. We've got another five-year term.
1: So that's the general idea. Talk now after base rent, you had mentioned like this triple net concept. What are some of the specific elements, again, that you're seeing in this example, which is a typical example? So insurance, what does insurance mean in that context? Because your nets are going to be these things that we're talking about. So you got your base rent. And when they talk about triple net, they're talking about you pay this to the landlord and then the landlord doesn't have to worry about paying the other stuff. Theoretically, it's a lower rent in a triple net, like the base rent. The right. base rent is yeah. theoretically a lower rent because the landlord doesn't have to worry about certain overhead things, yep. right? So in a home residence scenario, you might find landlords pay for some of your utilities and stuff. Right. And they typically pay for like the taxes and that sort of thing. In a commercial deal, it is not typical. But then theoretically, because the landlord doesn't have to do that, they charge you X rent, whereas it would have been X plus something. So that's when we say a net, they're giving you just this lower rate because you will have to pay- more for these other things. So insurance is one of those things, correct? What does this say on insurance?
0: So insurance, they need to have insurance on the property and for their items, things of that nature. And so what the insurance is there to do is to protect if someone got hurt because you, because this is one of part of the reasons is you're responsible for maintaining your area, repairs, things of that nature. So if it's not under the landlord's responsibility, they want to be protected in case someone came in, tripped over something that you were supposed to have fixed months ago in your building, your facility, and they get sued.
1: So, so on insurance then, because you hit on two important things, one is the building casualty. Correct. right? right. So, so
0: her, someone insurance is to protect someone, then the other part of the insurance is to protect the actual building itself in case you do damage to it, things of that nature. So
1: fire, like there's going to be insurance. Yeah. And the landlord is going to ask you to pay your share of that in a net lease. But then you talked about liability. So you're a business owner. And for you business owners, you guys have duties under the law to people who you invite into your business. So think of like Lowe's, right? If you go into Lowe's and you slip and fall onto something, like let's say their air conditioner or something was leaking a puddle of water and they didn't clean it up. And they should have known about it because you have these duties and you get hurt, you could bring a cause of action. They they call those slip and falls. So when Spencer's talking about this other type of insurance, that's the liability side of things. They call those CGL policies. So if you're a tenant, the landlord is going to ask you to pay for a CGL and they're going to ask you to pay for a property. Hmm. So that's insurance. That's one of the net things. What's another net thing?
0: Big one, taxes.
1: Taxes. So when you talk about taxes, what kind of taxes are you specifically talking about,
0: Spencer? Basically, the real estate taxes, things that you as a property owner would pay tax-wise for whatever reason, the landlord's basically pushing it off to you. So sales tax, I'm a business, I'm paying sales tax regardless. That has nothing to do with it. What about my income tax? Like, does the landlord pay my income tax?
1: Nope. Of course not, right? Right. Like, you're responsible for all of your own taxes that you're generating but the building has a real estate tax. Yep. In fact, in Texas, there's no state income tax. A big component is- Real estate tax. The real estate tax. So real estate taxes, somebody has to pay it. In this lease, Spencer, what's going on in that regard? How is it drafted?
0: So it's drafted where you pay your proportionate share. And what that means is, say the tax bill is $10,000 a year. Well, if there's 10,000 square foot, in this facility as a whole with all these other tenants and you've got a thousand square foot that you're using, well, you're going to pay 10% of that $10,000 bill. Now, the way that it's broken up here is it's going to be added onto your monthly bill. Here's the catch. Sometimes we don't know what our taxes are going to be. So they're going to go up. They may go down. You never know. So what's written in here is if what you've paid over those 12 months Doesn't cover, the landlord will come back and say, "Hey, you owe this much more to cover your share of the taxes," or if it was too much, then they'll come back and reimburse you. Or sometimes, depending on how it's written, apply it towards your monthly rent, things of that nature.
1: That's a great point. So we're tying it all together. So we remember we have base rent. That's the monthly rent.
0: You're going to pay that no matter what.
1: Thousand for easy numbers. Thousand dollars a month for a year and then the next year it might escalate. That's what we were talking about. Now, each of those months, we have these extra additional components. So we talked about insurance and insurance, you're getting the insurance, proving you're getting it. And so you're going to be paying your premiums or remember the landlord can estimate what that is if they're doing it and then add it to the monthly charge. So you're paying your thousand and then they say, oh, and we're estimating an extra $100 a month for insurance. Spencer just pointed out. They can do that with taxes. So the landlord is paying the taxes. The landlord says, we're gonna collect it each month, estimated, and then they do it. And then in both cases, in insurance and taxes, at the end of the year, when we know exactly what it was, we'll do a true up yep. and then we'll either cut you a check back, which you'll never see. Yeah. <laughs> but but there's like if you have a lease that's like that, audit provisions matter. Like you yes. want to make sure that the landlord has to show you these expenses, and you have an opportunity to review it as a part of like this accounting exercise. And so that's an important concept. But I do want to say that I have seen scenarios, just like in insurance that we talked about in this particular lease, where the tenant is going to pay it directly. So there's not going to be a true up for insurance in this lease, right? This lease is a little bit, I don't want to say unique. It's a hybrid though. But in taxes, even though you're paying your insurance, taxes, we're going to pay the taxes. I have seen it where landlords will say maybe in the first year, like we'll prorate it and we'll handle it this way and we'll do a true up. But every other year, the bill will go directly to the tenant and then the tenant pays it and then the tenant just has to prove that they paid it at the end of the year. So so as
0: a tenant... If that's going to happen, you better make sure you're putting money to the side. Especially with commercial property, it's going to probably be a lot more expensive than
1: that's right. And remember, landlords they need to pay their taxes. Yeah, like that's how they lose their land. Remember, you don't really own your land. Yeah, you don't. Know. Like, like you <laughs> own your land. You own your land.
0: You own the right to use it but until the, you stop paying your. If taxes. you don't pay your taxes,
1: you're you like they'll come take it. And so the idea, the idea ultimately is. The landlord will pay and then come back after the tenant, if that's the idea. But that's a breach. And then they could even evict you on something like that. And then
0: still come after you for the money.
1: We're going to take a short break, but we'll return with more legal info to help you, your family, and your business right here on the BC Counselors Legal Brief.
0: This episode of the BC Counselor's Legal Brief is brought to you by Alfredo Robledo Certified Public Accountant, PC. Alfredo has been licensed as a Certified Public Accountant since 1984 and is located in Grapevine, Texas. Alfredo can help with many different tax matters, ranging from filing individual and business tax returns, trust and estate filings, as well as bookkeeping services for your business. You can contact Alfredo at 817 421 Zero seven two zero, or find him at grapevinecpa.com
1: My name is Kaya and I'm almost a teenager I have a real problem. My daddy and my grandfather love pie. For my daddy, it's apple. For my poppy, it's anything lemon. But they won't bring me any pie. I don't think that's fair. They always go to Judy Pie on Main Street in Grapevine, where Miss Judy and her bakers make 20 different kinds of pies and cinnamon rolls on the weekend. But I don't get any. They tell me I can have pie when I'm a teenager, like pie is only for grown-ups or something. Can someone please call my daddy and my poppy and tell them I need pie? In the meantime, you can go to JudyPie.com, Or if you're in Grapevine, Texas, visit Judy Pie on Main Street. And if my daddy or my poppy are there, tell them that Kaya wants a piece of pie.
0: And we're back, and you're listening to the BC Counselor's Legal Brief, the podcast providing legal info to help you, your family, and your business. So, okay,
1: so we talked about insurance. We talked about taxes. As net concept, what's another net concept that you're seeing in this? So
0: one that you keep talking about is the CAM, common area maintenance, which is the walkways, the covered awnings. So yeah, just, what is a yeah, common area? Like when you before you've entered into the building, it's everything so it's that that outside the exterior, so to speak, that everyone uses. You might park by the subway and walk into the Walmart. Okay, well, you walked across both of them. That's the common area, so to speak.
1: Yeah, and when some of these really cool big. Developments, they've got little like park looking areas, even within it with benches and stuff. That benefits all the tenants, right? Customers come to these nice places. That's common area, right? right? Okay. So, common area, somebody has to maintain that, but it's not any particular person. So, the landlord does that.
0: Right. And, you know, it makes sense. The landlord wants to control what it looks like, how the repairs are done, maintenance, things of that nature. But you just get to pay for it. Yeah. So. Okay.
1: And that is a pro rata share. That is
0: a pro rata share again as well of, you know, how much of your area is covered under that general walkway area. Okay. Area. So no. let's talk about maintenance,
1: repairs, etc. So mostly CIS guys require you to maintain the premises in good condition. Ordinary wear and tear is excluded from that because obviously things wear and tear. But you need to provide the premises back to the landlord in the condition that it was in. And that's your responsibility as a tenant to do that. But we've got certain repair obligations yep. that are easy repairs. So if somebody breaks glass, you repair yeah. the glass. But then we got- a hole
0: in a wall, you repair the wall. We've
1: got some big things
0: though. Like let's say your HVAC system. That's a common one. That is a big dollar one that a lot of people always have pushed back on. Yeah. They don't want to pay for that. Now, that's but, different than maintenance. It's different than maintenance, like so like changing now, your filters well, and that sort of thing. But a lot of, and I'm glad you said that. A lot of these commercial leases will require you to have a maintenance program. So you got to hire uh, an HVAC company and have them on a regular basis come out and just check it, do maintenance things of that nature. A lot of these leases will require you to do that and prove that you have this contract in place. But on top of that, if the HVAC breaks, who's responsible for it? Usually the tenant.
1: Yeah. If you do not try to negotiate your lease, and again, like the location may be the best location and the landlord has all the power in the negotiation, right? Let's say this landlord has no problem leasing this area. It's 100% occupied. There are some places that are just so killer great landlords aren't going to deal a lot with you like you're going to push back because you miss 100 percent of the shots you never take now i'm not saying and i love kobe bryant i'm not saying to be kobe bryant or michael jordan and take every single shot all the time rely on your team a little bit
0: sometimes it's good to pass it off like john stockton
1: yeah john stockton very underrated but okay so what's another you were talking to about a unique thing yeah. That is not base rent, but it's a rent concept.
0: It's in addition to the base rent, usually, with math included. But it is sometimes landlords, and you said it's actually more common with what you've seen, landlords will require you to pay a certain percentage of your gross sales on top of, or as part of your rent. So they want like a base rent? Right. So say your base rent, and, and the few times I've seen it, it's, okay, your base rent is this, and then we want a portion of your gross sales above the 2000 So say your gross sales and the percentage was 1500 Well, they'll just take the base rent. So it's anything really over that $2,000 base rent amount is where they're going to start collecting onto that. So they want
1: a percentage of my sales too. Yeah. yeah. So guys, Spencer's right. That is more common than you think. A lot of times that's something that just gets crossed out and the landlord might not push back. But if it's a really, really hot place, they'll do that. Or if you're in a hot market, meaning, let's say you're a marijuana company, it's more and more common in those sorts of instances where landlords, they want to make it worth their while. If it's like a risky enterprise, they've got the power to negotiate and have you do that. So rent can be a base. It can be a base plus a percentage over the base, essentially. We've got taxes, we've got insurance, we've got maybe common areas. We've talked about keeping the place in good repair. What is good repair? What is not? One thing I want to hit on are are trade fixtures. So as you're going into this agreement, whether as a landlord or a tenant, there might be some things that are attached to the land that are part of the tenant's business. The question is who owns that? Sometimes it's because movable personal property, easy movable yeah. personal property. That's pretty easy. Sometimes I've seen leases say like if it is, it belongs to the landlord. That's not really gonna fly. But unless the landlord owns it and it's like move-in, yeah. like fully furnished type of a deal. But the idea ultimately is it gets attached to the if, land if now it, in if some it's regard. Screwed to the wall. Yeah, it's part of it. Who owns it? So in leases. It can go either way. Oftentimes, landlords give you your trade fixtures back, provided the tenant repairs the damage removing it. But sometimes landlords might say, nope, we're keeping that because we know retail stores and restaurants and those sorts of things, they come and they go. And so if a restaurant put up a big hood and with like the fire suppression and all of the stuff, they might want to take that with them. But a landlord is going to say, no, you're going to keep that because they know this restaurant might go out and they want to plug in a new restaurant. So that's another point of negotiation. One other thing that I want to mention, did this have any restrictive covenants in it like non-competes?
0: There is one. Due to the uh, location, there's a, we'll call it SBC. It's kind of one of those drugstores, but I don't want to use their real name. There's basically a non-compete against them. So you can't be in this area and give out prescription drugs, which, okay, makes sense. Yep, yep. You know, we're not a pharmacy anyways. You can't sell candy. can't sell greeting cards. You can't, like, it was very particular that this could end up being an issue for this tenant. And so that's one of those of, okay, we got to get permission and get it cleared that if we come in here, this isn't a breach of this restricted use? Yeah. So
1: as a tenant or a landlord, keep in your mind that you can actually reasonably, there's reasonable restraints. You can restrict the use of the land. And so tenants like the big box stores, oftentimes they don't want a competitor, big box store to come in of a certain kind. And so they'll say, let's say you're an office supply store. They'll say, you can't sell to somebody else who sells office supplies. Right. So that benefits that tenant. So when we talk about non-competes, a tenant might say I want to be the only kind uh-huh. in this. Right. And then if the landlord agrees to that, then for new tenants, they need to be mindful of that and make sure that whatever you're doing now, think about your strategic vision before you sign into a 10-year lease no. because businesses live in dog years. And so, in one year, like it's not just a normal year, it's like seven years. Lots of things can freaking change. So, be mindful of that because you might need to try to work carve outs. But in our case, Spencer, this particular lease we're talking about, it's hard to because that's right. a pre existing right. lease. It yeah. encumbers this. And to get the landlord to go to another tenant without a negotiating power, because they already have an agreement right, in were. place. Yeah it's going to be it's going to be hard so part of your due diligence is looking into that the other thing that i'll say is landlords do not ever guarantee the use of the land right i've seen landlords you know regret that tenants by that same token get the landlord to agree to that <laughs> because the idea is this let's say a property was as an auto repair shop right and now you're taking this space And it's like a cool industrial look, and now you're turning it into a restaurant, right? If you're in a city and you're doing it legit and you have real renovation, you're working with real contractors, you'll pull your permits and all that stuff, but you got to change the use of the land, right? And so there might be zoning issues and that sort of stuff. And with that
0: example too, there could be hazardous materials, stuff like that. Oh, 100%. that's something to consider too, which is, okay, well, if I can't use this land, well, crap, I bought a piece of land- That I didn't know I couldn't use. That's right. And I've signed a lease.
1: And the landlord, you know, we don't want a landlord being on the hook. By that same token, you don't want tenants being on the hook if it's not exactly what you were expecting. The point of that is think about the use of the land. Think about what you can and can't do, not just what's in the lease, but also zoning and other ordinances. As you're thinking about coming into the lease. But I think, Spencer, we've exhausted everything that you can know about a commercial lease.
0: Yeah. And we did get in trouble by our producer. What happened? Because our last episode, we were too serious for too long. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. He was impressed and disappointed that we weren't cutting up, stuff like that. Dude, That we went very long, like, serious mode. But it was a good one. So go back and listen to it. This is a good one, too. I think this one is just, you know, kind of came to us because it gets overlooked. It's just like, oh, a lease, you know. Um, oh, people just sign it, them. Right, they don't even they, look at them. Right. So I hope this information is beneficial. It should be because this gives you things to look at and gives you a different perspective when you go into looking at those commercial spots. If you're in Texas
1: too, there is a commercial lease that the state, they call it, Trek, it's the Texas Real Estate Commission. The Texas Real Estate Commission, if you go to their website, they've promulgated a form of commercial lease. Also, the Texas uh, Realtors Commission, Association, yeah. like they have one too yep. that I've seen. Those two I, actually, those two, we signed one. <laughs> those two lease forms. Well, so the one that we yeah. did was the Trek form. Yeah. Those are like good, solid forms. There's some things that you're going to want to like. The, I think it also depends plate, on
0: the industry too. Like with us, we're not selling goods, things of that nature we we're more simplified, but with companies like this, where there's gonna be a lot of foot traffic and things coming in and out, obviously you need different provisions to protect you and yeah, like, l- yeah. L- l- a
1: landlord if you're a big time landlord, like you're gonna want to fine tune and tailor make a a lease one hundred percent but if you are a consumer type of person, like not a consumer but still business person, but like Just going in and a landlord with like a a small little shopping center or whatever, and you don't want to get into nitty gritty negotiating and making things like super, super complicated. That Trek form will cover most of the needs in that scenario that you're concerned about. And it's pretty darn balanced and it's pretty much industry standard. Again, we use that for our new office. By the way guys, we're getting a new office. Yeah. And did we do any real tweaks at all? No, to, no, to we, the no we did
0: not, but we were generous and you know, we built in our uh renewal term. That's right. And so like those sorts of things that you build but into it. those are those it, additional that, extra. That, 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 yeah, yeah, it's extra but stuff. But other than that, it yeah. was very straightforward. But the
1: base lease so, yeah, was solid. It's a yeah, good lease yeah. and our our landlord, who's a friend, is well protected, we're well protected. Yeah. So keep that in mind too.
0: But Always hire us to look over. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. We
1: need that. We, we, we want that money. business. We need that I mean, money.
0: I mean, we want to help you. Yeah,
1: no, 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 no. But Seriously, though, like that's an important resource. If yeah. folks weren't aware yeah. of it, it's a good resource. It really is. And then if you're combining that resource with this, I, I, I don't know, what would we call this podcast? It's not like a, a dissertation. TED Talk. I want it to be a little bit more authoritative though, Spencer. Oh. You know, maybe we could call this like a treatise. I mean, it's in a recorded
0: form. There we go.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if you're looking at that lease and you're consulting this treatise on commercial leases, I think you're going to be good to go. There we go. But we did, just so you all know, we didn't address some of the most secret, most important things because we need you guys to call us. Like there's some secret traps. We're not going to give out out the secret sauce. We're going to give you all the secret sauce. Like, in fact, basically what we gave you, like you need to call us now. Right, Spencer? 100%. Yeah. Call us. 1-800... It's not even 1-800. I know. <laughs> Just <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's right. It's 1-900.
0: <laughs> okay. Are, that's our after hours number. <laughs> <laughs> it's our after hours yeah. number. Yeah. No, it's 855-221-8251. I can't believe you don't have that memorized. No, I mean, I do, Spencer. I was being funny.
1: Clearly, it was a joke. I knew my number was not... 1 800. It's
0: 888. <laughs> 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 Who does this? I already <laughs> just spit it out verbatim without reading it. Let's Mike. not confuse
1: people. It okay, is. go off your rote memory. You're not reading
0: it. I'm not reading it. Tell it me. is 855 221 8251. Exactly. 855 221 221 8251. 8251.
1: Okay, all joking aside, guys, yep. we did not hide any secret yep. sauce. We no, want you to understand no. like the general ideas, but leases have other terms no. and conditions. If you have any no. questions or concerns, we look at a lot of them. We can go through them quickly and help walk you through the process. If you're a landlord, we can help you build a really great lease and at least help you with your processes. If you want to use a truck form and have some basic things that you add into it, just let us know. And then after hours... <laughs> I will share in the comments, Spencer's 1-900 number. Got to make that money. <laughs> I'll make that money. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. And that brings us to the end of another show. For more information on today's topic or previous show topics, please visit our website at www.bccounselorsatlaw.com. While there, feel free to let us know what future show topics you'd like for us to cover. On behalf of Spencer, this is Mike, and we thank you for listening. And remember, it's always our goal to provide easy-to-understand legal info to help you, your family, and your business here on the BC Counselor's Legal Brief.